What's up, y'all? You're listening to The Goat Rodeo, a podcast about how to do life, family, travel, and small business all on your own terms. Let's get to it. Welcome back to another edition of The Goat Rodeo. We're excited to share with you a conversation that uh, I got to have with Seth Ellsworth, who is a mindset coach. He's worked in marketing. He's worked um, with a number of different businesses, but a discussion about human nature. Um, How do we interpret the world around us? Um, What are the things inside of our brains that are built to help us, um, how we typically fight against them, and ways that you can uh, mobilize and work with your human nature. So, Jumping in for uh, a really exciting um, episode, I'm, I'm stoked to share with you guys um, that it specifically applies to what's going on in our, our lives right now with uh, COVID-19 and so many uncertainties um, and just an upheaval in general. So let's dive in. Well, first first off, before we like dig in too much, just like introduce yourself, tell me who you are, where you're from, how long you've been doing what you do. My name is Seth. I'm, I'm just a human trying to be the best, best one I can be. And I, I like to invite people to do the same and then yeah. let them make their own choices for themselves. So I, I mess around with principles that work for me. And if they work for me, seeing how I'm, I'm my own worst client, typically they're useful. Yeah. So I, I like to think about simple principles mm-hmm. that are for the most part applicable to nearly everyone and are wildly useful. Uh, and been doing that for the last dozen years. Yeah. What does that also look like in a, in, as far as like a business? What do you mean? Um, I didn't do it for a business at first. I just did it because it was fun and I was passionate about it. Sure. That's how most good businesses start, right? Yeah. And I've been, I've been quote unquote coaching people since I was eight. I guess mm-hmm. it's just in me mm-hmm. to help people find a better version of themselves. And I remember being eight years old and, and talking with these older kids and they were telling me their life story and I would, I would give them a couple thoughts and they'd be like, Oh, thanks. And <laughs> uh, started helping people. So that's kind of how it started. It turned in, and turned it into a full-time deal in 2012. Okay. I ran a marketing agency for a long time. I still have one actually, just nobody knows about it. But I wanted to focus on something that for me was more than just helping someone make money um, because I did that so well that I got bored of it and it didn't mean anything to me. Like money itself doesn't mean, it has no meaning. Yeah. And the, the people that I was helping just wanted more of it. And mm. to me, I was like, huh, do I want to spend my life to that end? And I said, no, I was born to inspire people to be a better version of themselves. And, and money is a side effect of that. Yeah. It's a measuring stick. And lots of times people that want to grow, they can grow in entrepreneurship and measure it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, which is a beautiful place to be. So I started working with entrepreneurs and athletes business owners. I don't know if some business owners don't believe they're an entrepreneur. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> they're not always one in the same. Um, but working with people that, that are in business that can measure their own personal growth by, by results. Uh, and it's been awesome. Sweet, man. So you said you started doing that when you were eight and you pursued it full time when you were in 2012. What'd you do before then? Just marketing stuff, man. Just the, just the nonsense, make more money type things. And yeah, and, it, it became the golden hand, handcuffs of hell, man. Yeah. Because when you're, when you're making good money, it's hard to say no to that mm-hmm. and, and justify that this voice inside of me needs to be listened to. 
And it's like, you either listen or you don't. And if you don't <laughs> listen, your life sucks. Yeah. Because you know there's more for you and, and you're purposefully not listening to it. And at some point, that ache gets to a point where, for me, I wanted to burn all the ships. Like it got to the, it got to such a fever pitch that the money didn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. So fired all my clients. I blew up the business like in, in a weekend. Mm -hmm. and I forced myself to focus on the thing that I, I don't recommend that by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for, I had to force myself to focus on the thing that I was born to do. Yeah. And um, that was 2012. So can I ask you a little bit about that? Because I think that is, um, it's one of those things that's like, it's really interesting to me and being an observer, like a person who usually is watching, um, mm -hmm. even in my own life is like, is I'm always, I'm looking like, what were some of the earmarks to you? What were some of the, like the indications that like, I, I don't know that people, um, are really good at identifying that they even have that ache. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. what were, what were some of the things that you were like in your business or your relationships that were like pointing that out to you? Um, I'm pretty intuitive person. I, I, I would consider myself like a reform type A person that has learned how to feel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it's hard, like it's yeah. hard to be that kind of a person. And so some of it comes from that. Some of it's a, a spirituality, uh, component to it. But at the end of the day, like when you, when you come home and you kiss your babies and you're not proud of the work that you did, mm that to me is, is, is a clear signal that something is off. Yeah. Whether it's you either didn't get something done that day or you're not proud of the work that you're actually doing. That to me is the, is the crux of the issue that, yeah. and that causes a whole bunch of other issues downstream. But if you, if you can't bring something home for dinner that you're proud to show the family, something's off. Yeah. And, and, Were you and, not proud of it because, because of the type of work it was or because of like what it was disabling you from doing at home or what do you mean by not proud things. of it? Like, see, that, that's where that, it's, it's this beautiful intersection of you're just not content with what you're doing, how it's being done, who you're doing it for, mm -hmm. um, your level of productivity and focus and drive. All of those things need to be present ideally yeah. Or an entrepreneur in, or, in order for him to him or her to push the business forward. Yeah. Um, Cause that, I mean, that's the birthing process and those, those things have to be present or you, you're at some point you're not going to, you're not going to make it. Yeah. So um, at, at the same time, I believe we're all wired for more. Like we are wired to expand like the, the natural state of, of the human spirit, so to speak, not necessarily the human nature per se, Mm -hmm. But we all have this desire for more. It could be right. more free time. It could be more whatever, more money, more toys, more impact, more meaning, more freedom is typically the one that most people want. Which I, don't know why start a, I don't know why they just start a business because <laughs> yeah. it's not freedom. <laughs> no. Cheez-Its. I think most people want more Cheez-Its, Seth. That's ultimately. Cheez-Its are delicious. They are. Most, every, I've never been to anybody that ate them, finished the box and was like, yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> but you can't eat just one you can't eat just one box <laughs> <laughs> one box at a time yeah for me it's like graham crackers graham crackers are my like favorite snack yeah kryptonite totally. um I eat a whole pack in one sitting every time like there's nine crack <laughs> there's nine crackers in there there's nine every single yeah there used to be 11 
and they used to be a little bit wider. Like, like mm. they put them in the same size box, so it's like an optical illusion. I but do you do do you do the regular kind or the or the like the cinnamon sugar kind? No, it has to be straight up Nabisco regular. It can't be any other really? kind because the rest of them are no good. <laughs> Keebler Keebler is terrible. Like any other <laughs> any other knockoff brand tastes like cardboard. Yeah, the dollar store that you get them just to make uh, s'mores with. Yeah, those don't work. They work well for s'mores, but not yeah, not just dipping. not munching, not dipping in milk. <laughs> But anyway, man, it's it's anybody that can't hear that call to more is not listening or they're ignoring it. Mm-hmm. It's always there. And you feel like the ignoring, like, and I, I think that's the thing that I notice is like um, when I was in, and, and when I have been, and not just when I was, because I know that it happens continuously, mm-hmm. is like when when I have been ignoring the things of like, I was, I'm, I want to do more or there is more potential or I, I'm just being comfortable. Like what I, what I realized is I almost like started like killing off other things that were beneficial in my life because it was like, it's like when you're, when you see someone else succeeding and you're mad at them and you want to like kill their success mm-hmm. so that you feel good about like sucking. It's like, I started doing that almost like self sabotaging areas of my life that were like good or that were like, that would show the, the, the things that I was doing were insufficient. You know what I mean? Like whether mm-hmm. if it was a relationship and like the thing that I was doing was causing too much time and caused strain on that relationship, I would like put like anger or hatred towards that relationship because it was the thing that was pointing out the pain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's like a common thing or not, if, if other people tend to do that, but I, I've noticed that I tend to do that. Like whatever it is, that's like pointing out, it's like the thing that's tattling on you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's showing that you're screwing up or that you're putting something off or that you're ignoring something. And so it's like in response to it, instead of taking action on the thing that you know, you should be taking action on, you end up like squashing the other thing. Mm-hmm. So the trick is to become aware of that and just yeah. choose differently. So yeah. if, if we let human nature do its thing, it's always going to resist the feeling of more. It's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to keep you in a place of wanting, but never mm-hmm. achieving. Yeah. Because the, the, the base human nature just wants normal. It wants same. Right. So that your human spirit doesn't want that. You want more. You want to expand and grow. But so those are almost opposing. Yeah. And yeah. you, have to get, you have to get to a point where you become aware of that. And once you become aware, then you can choose differently. Yeah. But what are some things you... unless you're aware of it, you can't choose differently. So there's right. nothing you can really do. And then your natural tendency is to sink down to your, your level of humanity or whatever is comfortable for you. Yeah. So this is um by the way, this is um I've been messing with this principle for, for a dozen years. Um yeah. human human nature, because to me, I'm all about simple and useful, right? Well, what's right, the right, one right. thing that we all deal with? Humanity. Like we all deal with human nature and we blame it. We label it bad. It's, you know, the obstacle. It's the thing that keeps me small. Mm-hmm. It's, it's whatever human nature. Some people don't even think about it, but it, maybe it's a freaking Michael Jackson album, you know, <laughs> but like, it sounds like the title to a country song for sure. It totally does. So we have this human nature and nobody's using it. If, if you go to the, my industry is personal development, right? And if you talk to any self-help person, you will never hear them talk about this in a positive way. Human nature? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like... It's usually used as the indication of like, 
oh, it's just human nature to like cheat on each other or it's just human nature exactly. to like, it, it, yeah. It justifies mediocrity or even less than me. It, it justifies failure. It's like, oh, right. I'm human. I'm just a right. human. That's why we kill the, you know, that's why we're, that's why we fight wars because we just, that's just we're human just, nature. We're just humans being human. And, and there's a place for that. Like, I don't yeah. judge a human for doing human things. It's just, yeah. sorry. Like at some point mm. we are human. Yeah. But, but that's a super interesting thought because I've never, I don't even know that I really ever conceptualized that idea that like that human nature is usually used as a reference to like our, the negative aspects of who we are. It's 100% negative. Like I've, I've asked hundreds of people this mm -hmm. clients and they all come back with almost the same answer across the board. It's like human nature is, is kind of a cop out. It's yeah. like an excuse. And I'm so, like, bro, this is so backwards. So I have a question. I, I, oh, I've uncovered, ahead. this is the funnest principle. And I, and I hope your people appreciate this. Cause if, if, if y'all got anything going on in the world right now, in your world, mm -hmm. that seems a little bit chaotic <laughs> yeah, or out of control, stress, anxiety, overwhelm, fear, panic, all this yeah. stuff that you see around you. How are you doing about getting things done right now? <laughs> yeah. Like most people, it's like, it's, it's super ripe. Yeah. I've talked to business owners who are literally printing money right now and they're still panicked. Yeah. They're printing money. Their, their, their sales are through the roof and they're still panicked. Yeah. And I talked to business owners whose businesses have folded. Yeah. And they're panicked. And I'm like, yeah. okay, doesn't make any sense. But what does make sense is human nature is doing its thing. So all you got to do is understand what the human nature is doing to you in order to allow yourself to make a different choice. So I've, I've kind of fixated on this idea because it's universal. Mm -hmm. We all can use it. It's, it's the simplest idea ever. And I don't know if this, you think this would be useful to share? Yeah. So I have a question about that um, specifically uh -huh. is like you, you said this idea of like, um, which I think you're leading into more explanation, but like you mentioned the idea of hearing, like if you don't, if you can't hear that, then you're just not paying attention or you're ignoring it. But like, what are some, like, do you have any ideas about helping people <laughs> develop their ability to be able to hear like to things that they can do to, to increase their awareness of it? Because I think that's something that like right now people are extra aware of things they're not typically aware of simply mm -hmm. because they're usually busy. That's a great question. Um, to me, there's, there's a couple shortcuts. Okay. Um, when you are not listening to your inner voice, mm -hmm. it causes you a unavoidable feeling of smallness. So if you look at, put yourself in any, in any of these scenarios, yeah. your business is taken off or it's imploding. Both of those okay. scenarios make you feel small. Your business is taken off and now it's doing better than it ever has. Oh my gosh. Can I hold on to this? I'm not sure. Like, what if I make the wrong decision? What if I can't yeah. figure this? And, and it becomes bigger than you. And then your business implodes and now all of a sudden the uncertainty is bigger than you. Mm -hmm. So your, your inner voice is always going to be speaking to you calmly and about growth. And it speaks about truth when, when, when you dial it in. So if you ever tap into the inner voice, it will make you feel stronger or bigger. Mm. So when I talk to my kids about this stuff, I use really simple language because they can understand word pictures. Yeah. So when I ask my kids, I say, okay. And, and they tell me about something like one of my sons had this kid that was bullying him. 
and he pushed him back and then he got in trouble and they both went into the whatever um, principal's office and they had to like hash it out, right? Mm-hmm. This kid that's in like a, a grade older than, and my son's kind of big, like he's a tall kid, shocker. Yeah. Huh? But I spoke to him with this idea of big and small. So when you were being picked on, how did it make you feel inside? And he says, well, it made me feel small. Yeah. Okay, cool. When you pushed him back, how did that make you feel inside? I said, well, hmm. Well, it kind of made me feel big, but then afterwards it made me feel small because I felt bad. Mm. And you start to teach this currency. Like if, if anything makes you feel small about yourself. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, it ain't true. That's what I was just going to say is it's, it's, it seems to be like, um, and I, I think very similarly, but I've never put it into those words, but I think like, it's just a not part of the reason we struggle so much is not because of who we are or aren't. It's because of the fact that we're not really that honest with ourselves and we don't know how to be really honest with ourselves. You know, we tell ourselves versions of the truth and usually almost nine times out of 10, those versions of the truth are self-deprecating in some way. Right. Yep. For me, hundred percent. Like there, yeah. there, there is no critic that could tell me something anywhere near as bad as I tell myself. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. And I do this and I'm aware of it. Yeah. Right. Right. So like, and that's, and that's what I was, imagine. It, it's it, so it, crazy to me. It, it's super interesting because it's, it is, I think for me in specifics has been the roots of like my depression and anxiety stuff. Yeah. It, it's not because of the fact that those things are real it's that I, or even like the complete truth. And so that's what I've realized is like, I'm aware of it and I still deal with it. I dealt with it a hundred times over when I wasn't aware of it because it felt oppressive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, well so talk so, a little bit so more it, about it, that idea of the big, the big and small stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it's not just the awareness. Mm-hmm. It's the patience to allow yourself to be human in, in sorting out how to feel big about yourself. Yeah. Because a lot of times, I mean, we, we, with my clients, I use some, I use some tools to help them with this. Um, probably too much to get into here, but the, the yeah. ideas are really simple. Yeah. When you feel small, you got two options. You can either make the thing in front of you bigger mm-hmm. or, or excuse me, you can make the thing in front of you smaller Yeah. or you can make yourself bigger. That's it. Okay. So depression, anxiety, all of those things. It, it's it's a game of size. Mm-hmm. So when when you're feeling depression, you feel small and it feels big. Right. So then you feel powerless. Yeah. Same with addiction. I mean, anything else. Like the idea of the addiction itself feels bigger than you. Right. That's part of the issue. I'm not going to say it's the whole issue. Right. But in my experience dealing with clients that that deal with this stuff, like we we invariably fix it. By not even worrying about the addiction itself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. This has been alcoholism, pornography addiction, whatever. If I clients right. deal with all those things. Right. I don't even care about the issue itself, the, the addiction. I care right. about that person growing themselves to be bigger than the addiction or right. the depression or the anxiety. Yeah. And it's not an overnight thing. But invariably, like if, if people suffer with addictions like smoking or whatever, what's the best way to stop smoking? That's never been beaten by anything that man can come up with. Yeah. Cold Turkey. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, yeah. so there in, in between there, 
somewhere is the answer. Um, anxiety, that's difficult to just turn it off. Yeah. Because there's other things going on. Um, sometimes it's chemical, sometimes whatever. I'm not, right. I mean, that's not my world. But yeah. what I care about most is, is making someone feel bigger than their circumstances. Yeah. Well, and that makes a lot of sense for me because I'm thinking like, and one of the things that has, I, I'm just a cognitive processor in this way. Like I think, mm-hmm. you know, well, if I, if there's times that I've done things that used to make me anxious that no longer make me anxious, then it's not like a thing that's like broken, right? It's not like a, yeah. like this mouse doesn't have batteries anymore. It's like, there's something about that that is telling my brain something that's not completely true. And so I just look at it like that. Okay, well, if the system's not wholly broken, if it's not like I can't not have anxiety, it's just I'm experiencing anxiety right now. And then the things mm-hmm. that I'm doing are kind of feeding that is like, is, is that idea of it's not about taking the anxiety away or the things that trigger anxiety away. It's I've never, ever felt anxious about something I felt confident about. You know what I mean? 100%. I've never, I've never felt anxiety over things that I developed confidence in, or that are, or that are normal and comfortable for you. Right, and that's what, I was, and that's what I, I feel like is. It was such a key component for me understanding that aspect of my life was these things that produced unfathomable anxiety and depression in me. If I felt confident in them, I no longer even experienced any of the symptoms of anxiety. So it wasn't like a. I always think of it like this. It wasn't like a disease that I had that mm-hmm. like was like you were saying, like bigger than me. It's like a brokenness. Like it doesn't matter what you do. I have anxiety. I have depression. I have Nonsense. an addiction. Is like, is, is if that were true, no one would ever be able to overcome it. It would, right. it would be, it would be incompatible. And that's a, a really good friend of mine that uh, I work out with a lot is he was talking about being a heroin addict. And he said, you know, it's the idea that you're an addict is what disables people from being able to get over addiction. You know, it's that's because why, the addiction I mean, is bigger than their, than their choices. That's 100% bigger than their true. Cho- and and you know? it's like, it's tough to say and admit this, but when you go through 12 step programs, the very first thing you admit is like, I am powerless. Yeah. What the hell dude? Like you are not powerless <laughs> ever. Yeah. How can you even and say you're powerless like, if you were powerless? <laughs> step one is to make the addiction bigger than yourself. Like, right. <laughs> and how yeah. are you going to be successful with that? And then, yeah. When you're all the way through it, you're in remission. Well, what's remission? It's an, yeah. it, it's an admittance that you still are that. Yeah. Like, what is this? It's, I yeah, I always felt like, like you're, you're like sitting in a cave waiting, hoping it doesn't come back. Exactly. And it's just a matter of time. And, and it, for some people it works, but the numbers yeah. are like 12, 14%. Yeah. So 86 plus percent fails, fails them. Right. Yeah. And there are other things in that program that are awesome, but. Yeah, but the, the the point is, like you just said, all of these things make you feel small about yourself. Yeah, and unless you feel bigger inside of yourself, you will always feel small, and therefore, the thing is always going to be big. And yeah, it's always going to be a thing for you. Yeah, it's like we 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 fear things to the degree that we blow them up in our mind. And this is a human nature thing that you just need to be aware of. Like we make a big deal out of things that are really stupid. <laughs> Like just I can't think of it. any time I've ever done that, Seth. I can't think like, of one. We do this all the time. And, <laughs> and it's that same idea that your human nature just wants normal. So anything yeah. that's abnormal, it makes a big deal out of it. So you don't do it or you yeah. stay away from it or you marginalize it. Yeah. Like super productivity, high performance. That's abnormal. Peak performance. Yeah. 
one blip of productivity, then you fall back down to your normal procrastinating self. Like, yeah, it's, it's just how it is. So, um, my daughter's scared of spiders. Yeah. I mean, just think about this. Like so many people are scared of spiders and I get it. I understand. But at some point you have to realize like you are literally a hundred thousand percent bigger than maybe more. I don't even know what, I don't even know what the size could be compared. Yeah. What is the weight difference between a human? At and a least a hundred times. At least a hundred times. It's at least a hundred. Yeah. Probably at least more 100 like a hundred million times. <laughs> but in our mind, somehow we've let this little thing control us yeah. and make us feel small. And we do this with so many things in our lives. Like yeah. I, I work with some people that have a hard time publishing anything online. Mm-hmm. Like they, they run their business and they can't, they cannot publish the ad. They can't post it because there's this all anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. And bro, dude, it's a freaking ad. People yeah. don't care, man. People Nobody don't even look at them. About that. <laughs> they don't care about you as much as you think they do. Yeah. But yet we, we mull this over in our minds. We blow it up to be this big thing because guess what? What happens if it works? Yeah. Then you have to deal with that. People are going to see me. It might go viral. Yeah. And then there's a yeah. good and a bad component to that. So the other thing that human humans like to do is we like to anticipate mm-hmm. best and worst case scenarios. Both of those are used to make it seem bigger than us. So we do nothing. So, like, so this is all this stuff is super, super interesting. And I think there's two sides of every conversation I want to have is like one that like makes me think and goes, Oh yeah, man. Cause I, I'll mull this. I'll, you know, I, my mindset stuff is usually like, I realize, I realize, um, in moments of weakness where I need to change my brain and not, and not like, you know, like this will come up and like, Oh yeah, that's what he was talking about. But it'll be when mm-hmm. something like is going wrong, <laughs> um, is, is an aspect that makes people think, but the other side is like, is some real like tactical, like hands on. So how do you use this information? Cause I think this conversation itself is like, is probably the core of like the majority of the conversations that we have on our brains and with our, mm-hmm. you know, with our friends and how we deal with people and how we deal with our business. But like specifically one thing that's going on right now with everybody with, with like, uh, you know, the viral issues and COVID-19 is how, how do you use this idea of like bigger and smaller over something like that, that you truly have like no real control over in order to have control over what you, you're, you're thinking in your brain and your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned a little bit earlier about mm-hmm. big and small, feeling big and small about yourself. So the first thing to ask yourself is how does this cause me to see myself? That's the first step of awareness almost always. Yeah. So when, Oh my gosh, it's a conspiracy. Oh my gosh. It's like 5g. Oh my gosh. It's, it's everybody's it's dying. killing everyone. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Like I got to protect myself. Oh my gosh. COVID-19 it's a scam. It's not even real. Oh my gosh. Bill Gates is. And then <laughs> we go off into the rabbit hole, right? Right. There's a million and options. Net result is how do you feel about yourself? Small. Yeah. When in reality, like none of those things are affecting you right now, unless you allow them to. Right. So the next, the next step is to be who, who are you going to choose to be now? Yeah. That's it. Okay. Like there doesn't need to be any more complication than that. So first step is awareness about bigness and smallness. Next step is like, okay, now what? We're going who, who do you choose to be? Because once you become aware of the big and the small, you got no more excuses. Yeah. You either roll with that and, and, and bow to it and have it bring you to your knees or be like, screw this. 
I'm not being yeah. small. Yeah. That's where everything starts. It's the simplest, simplest, simple idea. Yeah. But wildly powerful, especially when you know who you are on a different level. Mm-hmm. And you've developed a, a deeper identity so that human nature doesn't, I mean, you can't stop human nature, but you can develop a muscle to be able to pause when human nature does its thing. So right. that there's, there's, there's two places where you can become useful as a thinking, you know, prefrontal cortex human being who is at war with your amygdala, who usually makes the majority of your decisions. <laughs> despite what you would like to admit right most of our decisions from the oldest part of our brain which is embarrassing but true and mildly crazy mildly crazy so we've got yeah. the three three phases of of human natured response that most people are familiar with you freeze then you flight and then you fight right mm-hmm. and so that freeze mechanism is is the is is truly the only place where it is it can be 100% prefrontal cortex if you want. Yeah. Because it's this space of pausing. Is that saber-toothed tiger going to rip my face off or not? Yeah. Is he actually hunting me or the deer that's behind me? Yeah. Because we're both hunting in the woods. Yeah. I'm hunting. Saber-toothed tiger's hunting. So am I prey? I don't know. Yeah. And so there's this time of thinking. You can develop the muscle to, to lengthen out that time to be as long as you want. Mm. To where you don't have a response, really, until you've decided what the response is. The one thing you can't control is the fear response. Yeah. Because there's, there, there's an immediate heightened emotion. It's a human emotion. You can't control it. Right. You will have a fear-based response, period. It's just the trigger, right? You, you can't meditate that away. <laughs> there's nothing right. you can do to stop it. You can drug it away. You can maybe drug it away. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's a totally different side subject, but it's, it is interesting to know that that's the part that you have absolutely no control over. No control over. Um, but that's the part that everybody worries about being there. Like, like I'm afraid of things like I, and that's something maybe even worth noting is like, is that is, it is supposed to be there in everyone. And so having Mm -hmm. an anxious thought or having a, a fearful thought is like the fact that that is present is no, is not, all a, a, a symptom of anything other than the fact that no. you're alive and a human and that your brain Correct. works. And, and it's also a beautiful thing because it's protecting you. Yeah. Cool. So it, it, it serves a function. It just, the human nature doesn't get to choose what it's protecting you from. Yeah. Like it just protects you. Yeah. It protects you from the good things that you say you want. Mm-hmm. It protects you from the bad things that you say you don't want. Yeah. It's literally keeping you from the successes that you want because it's protecting you. That's, that's why you need to choose it. But in that space, yeah. you get to choose a response. Like this is, right. this is common knowledge, but putting it in this human-natured box is so much mm-hmm. easier to understand. Then if you choose to allow your human nature to make you run, notice how I said that. Yeah. If you choose to allow your human nature to cause you to turn tail and run, yep. you lose control for that amount of time. You've lost it. Yeah. The turning and running part is really difficult to stop. Yeah. You can, but it's difficult. Most people can't. Right. Because they don't have, they, don't, they, they haven't exercised this enough to put the stop on. It's, yeah, it's not as strong of a muscle. But then when, when you can't run anymore because you're either trapped, like everybody right now, there's this, this is what I love about humans, being human. 
you can only push them so far mm -hmm. before they turn and fight. And yeah. in the United States, watch out, man. You can only push us so far. Yeah. So a lot of people are turning and running right now, but at some point they're being like, I can't run anymore. Yeah. I'm going to turn and fight. Yeah. This is the second point where you can use your prefrontal cortex and be like, okay, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. How am I going to fight back? Am I going to feed into the fear or am I yeah. going to stop and think and say, huh, fighting fear with fear sounds really unproductive. <laughs> it's just more of the same. Yeah. So what's a more productive way to fight this? I'm going to be the weird guy that people think, man, why is he so calm? Something wrong with him? Yeah. Like, how can he be so happy when does he know something we don't know? Apart. Yeah. But this is a fight response. Right. Do you see the difference? Yeah. It's a fight response for me to choose positivity despite knowing about the potential conspiracies, yeah. which for the most part, like they're there. Yeah. Like, there's always bigger stuff going on that we ain't know about. Yeah. So like, who cares? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, is that going to steal your peace or not? Well, and I think, it, but I think it's, it's huge, like, like unbelievably big to be able to give people, it's very bigly of you. <laughs> it's huge to be able to give people this tactical, like, okay, so the first thing you need to recognize is the fact that your brain snapping that awareness to you and making you afraid or making you concerned or making you aware is like, it's, it's as na natural to your body as breathing oxygen. It's supposed 100%. to happen, right? And so then from there, you get a choice. And if your choice is fear, then these are the consequences that are going to come with that. But ultimately yeah. to understand that even your choice to like enjoy and to, to propagate uh, happiness now and to like find peace, like that is, is a fight response. Like that is you standing up and taking control. 100%. It's not being ignorant or blissful or like, or even like oblivious. It is actually taking all the information and saying, yes, I totally understand that these things do cause fear or could cause harm, but that is not where I choose to lie. And that that is, it is you taking action. And so mm -hmm. like, because I think that those things are both very common places for misconception. Is it like, is that the fear or the the initiation of those thoughts is is some kind of a defect in you that mm -hmm. like I shouldn't be so afraid well like that's not the point and in, and when we make that the win of not having those things then basically what you're saying is like I don't want my body to work the way it's supposed to work right I don't want to be able to feel when I touch this that it's hot well like that sounds cool because maybe you could pick up hot stuff but like your <laughs> your nerves Contents. are there to help you yeah, yeah your nerves are there to help you right? Your, right. your, your sensations, ask somebody who has no sensation. It's awful, it's right? Awful. It's unbelievably terrible. And the, like, there's a book I read in, in college called the problem with pain. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're interested, it's by Philip Yancey, but he talks about uh, leprosy and how leprosy, the problem with leprosy is not that it's really like a disease. It's that it numbs your nervous system. And so you can't tell when you've been dragging your foot and you have a giant cut open on it, right? Mm. You can't tell when you pick something up that's blazing hot and you get these third degree burns. Like that's what you, it's a warning system. So totally. in a lot of ways, we try to like numb out our warning system because it's annoying or causes us to like hurt or things like that. But it's like, this is, this is part of how your body works, right? The, the thought that totally. comes into your brain through that, the, the amygdala is like, that is supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And then the second side of that is like, is that you taking action 
can look like you choosing to fight against it by living the way that you choose simply by that. It's like through these three phases of freeze, flight and fight, like when you freeze, you get to, for the most part, choose the meaning of your human nature response. Yeah. So we've got the fear creeping up inside of you. And we, we get to say what that means. Yeah. That means probably should be careful for the next little while. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Um, probably should make sure, you know, we got enough nine millimeter ammunition. Just in case. <laughs> a couple, a couple more cases, maybe. I choose shotgun uh, shells because they're cheap. Probably cheaper. should make sure we got, <laughs> we got some, some food in the pantry. Maybe, yeah. maybe some water. Some dried goods. But like you can calmly respond to that right. and you choose the meaning. It's, it's no different than like the Olympic athlete that's trained for four years and they're finally at their, their goal, their, the finals at the Olympics mm-hmm. and they're on the blocks. Like, are they going to be scared? 100%. Yeah. 100% there's fear. Sure. I've never met an athlete, athlete that gets to that level that doesn't feel anything. The difference is they interpret that meaning to say, man, I'm so prepared for this. I worked yeah. my face off for this. And what I'm feeling right now is excitement for me to get to show the world how much work I put in. Right. It's the same fear response. It's literally right. the same chemical, the same response, the same secretion in, in, into your endocrine system. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. But they choose to see it as excitement. So we get to interpret these responses however we want in the freeze space. When you turn a run, I can't really control that. But then you get to control it again when you turn a fight. Yeah. So this is a so, question. I, I would go ahead. I don't want to interrupt that thought. Either one of those is super useful. I like to catch it before I turn and run mm-hmm. so that I'm more in control. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I wanted to kind of focus the last little bit on is I feel like it, I, I could talk to you about this for another three or four hours. But I know the attention span of, of most people, including myself, sometimes is like 20 to 30 minutes. So um, I'd like to kind of wrap it up with this is that in these two ideas of freeze and flight and fight is like if you don't catch it in the freeze, just know, like if you realize you're running, like just realize like it's that's OK. Like you're going to catch get, yourself. You'll get to a point, right? You'll get to a point where you'll be like, OK, I can't do this anymore. Um, if you're going to give people like maybe one or two practices to, to catch it in the freeze mode. What are some of the things that you find useful for doing so the tool, that? The tool that I said before is the mm-hmm. most useful thing you could use for that. It's just, now, would you consider doing that like as a meditation or like as a, like in a personal, like 100% conscious, like in the moment, in the moment. Okay. And it, it's just, it's just having awareness. Do you like the feeling or not? Yeah. That's part, that's part of this. It's like, ah, I feel terrible right now. Yeah. I'm yeah. pissed. I'm upset. And I, and I stop and I think, how's this causing me to feel about myself? Yeah. I, I think you that, look at that, like, that's the clarity is like, do I actually want this? Yeah. And if you don't want it, you choose to do something different about it other than let your human nature do its thing. And that's where you say, okay, I can see that this is causing me to be fearful. I don't like this feeling. Therefore, I'm going to respond by doing this, by being this type of person. Yeah. That all happens in the freeze moment. Do you feel like it's more useful in that moment to say, how is this making me feel versus like, why am I feeling this? 100%. 
Because I think because that's a really not, easy thing to dig into more. Like it just seems more why. natural, right? But it seems more natural to say like, why? Why is this happening? Yeah. Why are you? Why are we arguing so much? Why is this? Why am I so scared of this? Yeah. Sometimes it's harder to understand for me, and and most of my clients, it's easy enough to just say, "This is my human nature. Mm-hmm. This is my basic human response." Yeah. And I don't have as much control over that, and I don't even need to know how that works because. Yeah. Like heaven knows self-help makes human nature seem like it's this big thing that's uncontrollable and permanent and you can't work with it. But bro, like you can literally partner with it. Yeah. You can use it for what it's there for. Right. And that's what I think is like using it for what it's for is -hmm. like, uh, I've, I've gotten to this place in my life where I stop, I stop trying to figure out why anything, because even if I figure it out, that doesn't give me any way to deal with it. It just helps me understand why, you know, it's like, I like therapy for me has never yielded me much results to understand that. Like I make these choices because my dad didn't care about me in certain ways that like made mm-hmm. me more like that's, it's useful to understand that, but only if then I can take that understanding and do something with it. So I think right. even using that terminology specifically is like, how does this make you feel? Not why does this exist? Not why do you feel this? Not why is this coming up now? It's like, well, how does it make you feel? And what, and then turning that into like, well, and what do you want to do about it? That's right. So, so the, the, the terminology that I like the most, just so you don't get super deep into the feelings, cause that's where yeah. some people get lost. Yeah. Is how does this cause me to see myself? Yeah. I think that's a good question. You mentioned earlier was and how does this cause me you to see to myself? Know is happy, sad, big, small, light, yeah. dark, like yeah. whatever. It's that, it's that black and white. Mm-hmm. You don't need any more complication. Yeah. And you get to decide like, do you want more of that or less of that? Yeah. That's awesome. And man. if so, you must then do something different. And I like to, I like that part of it for me is who who do I choose to be? Because mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do is, is be like all the other sheep and lemmings in the world that don't think for themselves and are blown about by every statement that's on CNN or Fox News or whatever. And like that control me? Hell no. Right. There's no way I'm giving somebody else that power over me. Right. Period. And that's a function of who do I choose to be? I mean, I don't care about what's true and what's not true right there. I care about me giving someone the power over me to make my choices for me. Yeah. That's not happening. Yeah. Well, and it, I think it's, it's, it, it, those kind of thoughts are interesting to me um, in the fact that like, I, I always bring everything. It seems like everything makes more sense to me in the idea of like a parent and child or like boss and subordinate kind of Mm -hmm. way is like, is that instead of trying to teach our children, like these are my rules is like, this is, this is the function of how, how rules work, right? Is if you understand what the boundaries are and if you go past those boundaries, what will happen? That's kind of a nature of life kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing here is like, you can, I, I tell clients all the time, you're welcome to choose whatever thing you want to think. Just understand that in choosing to get your information from things like numbers, you are also choosing to not have any control over what those numbers say. You, in choosing to listen to someone like, you know, a, a 
a news correspondent telling you that things are getting bad, you are also choosing to not have any, the consequence of that is basically that like, you're going to have more irrational fear than normal. You know what I mean? Like you are welcoming that as well. So it's like everything you do has a reaction. Everything you do has a consequence. Totally. And so when you choose, when you're welcome to choose to let those people lead your thoughts, just also mm-hmm. understand that like, that's probably going to, to build inside of you a serious state of unrest and uncertainty that will then make you like feel fearful more often because it, you're telling your subconscious and get nothing like, you done don't, and not yeah, you don't have control family and not be able to protect the things that matter to you. Right. And, and all sorts of stuff comes downstream from that, that you don't want, like nobody wants well, that. No. And the weird thing is, is like, you don't realize where it's coming from, but you do realize those things. You realize like you're not a, your family doesn't, isn't happy with you. And you realize like you're seeing those results that you're arguing with your kids more, you're arguing with your spouse more, mm-hmm. but it comes from this I've found for me, it's, it, it starts in these feelings and these simple things like this of like, I have control over my life. I have control over what I think and what those thoughts bring into my world. You know, I didn't realize that was the starting point. I didn't realize it. And then I started practicing and I I tell people that all the time, the dumbest things like choosing when you go to bed. Part of the reason I feel off right now is I have not been dictating my bedtimes. I just have been going to sleep when I feel tired and sleeping until I wasn't tired. Yep. And then which, which then affects your neck the next day. And it doesn't, I mean, it, it breeds into my life, this feeling it, of this like, is, I don't, I can't deal with my, my choices and I, I'm not making choices that it may, you know, mean anything totally. to me. I don't know. It's weird. So like in, in my world at home here, our, our life for the most part hasn't really changed much other than yeah. kids can't really go and do things. It, it's as if the kids are on summer break. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's that mojo here. But for my wife and I, like we caught ourselves this like three, three, four weeks ago, yeah. three weeks ago, we were like, why is this having such a big effect on how we operate on a day-to-day basis? Because we were getting up later. Like we were going, same thing. We were going to bed later. Like there were days when I didn't even get dressed for the day. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, why is that? Because for us, nothing's changed. Like my business is doing well. Yeah. Clients are crushing it still, even in mm-hmm. amidst all this stuff. And we work online, work remotely, work at home. We're used to having yeah. kids around me. Nothing's really changed for us. And we're lucky. Like we're, we're blessed that we're in a place that, that, that that's okay. But the point is we allowed the psyche to creep in that it was chaos all around us. Mm-hmm. And therefore we respond with chaos. Right. And right. that was not a response that I wanted, yeah. nor was I proud of it once I became aware of it. And so changed back to now it's just normal process at home. Yeah. And it's been awesome because it makes you feel like if you can maintain calm when it's chaos around you, you feel unstoppable. Like there's something intoxicating about that yeah. solidarity of, of being able to respond with clarity and focus and purpose. Yeah. I think it's, it's, almost makes you feel like warrior ish. You know what I mean? Like totally you've, you've, you're ready for this shit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and there's beauty in that. Cause I mean, I could be aware of everything that's happening. If I, if I, I mean, there's no way we can know what is and isn't happening right now. Cause we just have to see what happens in the, at the yeah. end. Right. But I can observe it and not have any emotion come. Yeah. When you get to a point of like my normal, I just operate amidst yeah. chaos doesn't matter. 
if that becomes normal for me, then I don't have the fear response anymore. Yeah. So if people are freaking out about the fear response, which we can't really control, what causes the fear is when one of two things, either they've caused you to try and be somebody you're not, or they're pushing you out of your comfort zone. One of two things. So if operating in, in chaos is normal for you, you're going to be completely unfettered. Yeah. Unruffled by any of this. I mean, you could, you could see examples of that in your regular world anytime. Like, I mean, if, mm -hmm. if you have children, you can understand like when, if, when a kid first comes, it's, it's chaotic compared to your chaos. normal schedule. But once those things become settled, the other people who have not experienced that chaos, your life looks crazy to them. And to yep. you, it just feels like life. Well, right? It's just normal. Yeah. It's like college schedules and working and doing all the, it's like all those things. And I think that's part of what has, I mean, just to be a hundred percent like honest about where I've been with all of this is like, is my, I I'm looking at it and realizing the reason I'm feeling so crazy and like off build off basis and little things are bothering me more than they normally are is, is mostly just because it's not my normal. It's not mm -hmm. because those things are big. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But realizing that has gave has given me peace that I would normally not have because I would be questioning and digging into like, Oh man, is this what it's going to be like when I don't have work anymore? And when I retire is like, you know, is, is those thoughts creeping in my brain of like, you know, well, are my wife and I now just not met for each other or we normally just, we're, we're too busy to notice it. Or and it's like a hundred percent. No. Anticipating worst case scenarios. Right. A hundred percent. That is not what's If I'm being honest with myself, that's not mm -hmm. what happens. It's that everything else has changed. And so just like many other aspects, now we're in our second, third week of being home with kids and like doing schooling and like they're, they're getting more used to not being able to go just see their friends whenever they want or go to work or whatever. And like some of that chaos has kind of settled down as we've found our rhythm. Mm -hmm. But just realizing that that's what it was, was the lack of rhythm is made, has made everything else easier to deal with. Because when I wasn't observing that and realizing like, that's what this is coming from. My, the fear response was like feeding me the, all of this other information, right? Well, maybe this means this, maybe you're yeah. just not, maybe you're a bad, you know, you're a bad father figure. Maybe you're not a good leader at home. Maybe you're just playing leader at your job and then you come home and these things don't actually work with everyone. I'm like, well, this is kind of how it is when people first start in the program too, you know, like it's until they get used always. to how it works. It's always how it is, you know? So it's like, I I'm, but being able to like rationalize some of that using this front versus just listening to here is like, is a lot of that has, I've realized has just come from practice. And so being aware that your awareness needs to be the first step, but understanding that like what the things that make you aware are a hundred percent normal. Like the fear is there for a reason. It's you're supposed mm -hmm. to have thoughts of like, well, maybe I just, I'm, I'm unhappy with my world. Or, or maybe like everybody is going to die and I've just been avoiding it. Like, well, mm -hmm. oh, maybe. Totally. You, like, that, that thought that being there does not yeah. mean that you're a crazy person. I mean, here's how normal this is. Try and start a business and tell me that you're never scared. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. Like right. the, the, fear, the, the fear happens everywhere. And, and a business owner who doesn't have some measure of feeling on, on a human side, who yeah. isn't looking for potential saber-toothed tigers hiding in the, in the bushes. Yeah. You're an idiot. Super vulnerable. Yeah. Like you have to look at those things. Right. In order to, to, to plan for those, prepare for those things. But you look at it and be like, huh, 
that's a vulnerability. We should probably fix that. Yeah. Instead of like, oh my gosh, we're going to die. Business right. is going to blow up. And, and then now we're irrational and we're running. Right. We're on our flight mode. But Right. Um, yeah, man. Well, I, so I think those are really good principles. Yeah. They're super good things to be, especially like right now, I think, um, in a, in a moment of overwhelm is that there's so many things to think about being able to have filters like this, like simple things to put your thoughts through, or even to, like I said, like recognize that some of these thoughts just being present in your brain are, are a hundred percent rational. Like mm -hmm. you're the, you're being rational. You're being a better thinker by realizing that they're there. You know what I mean? Like that's the first step in a lot of this is, is then having something to do with it. And realizing, you know, maybe if you missed the first round, if you're, if you dug into the fear to get to the, like you're, it's coming, you're going to get to the point where your fight's coming in and then you'll get to choose who, uh, who you want to be. So I thought that was, those are really good ways to kind of summarize the information is like, is you talked about the awareness is, is during the freeze motion is how is asking, how do you see yourself? Um, and then during the fight, if it gets back around to the fight or even like in that moment saying like who do you want to choose to be like mm -hmm. in, in those moments is like then dictating that from, from going forward. That's right. It's killer, man. Well, Hey, I want to say uh, thanks for hopping on today and taking a little bit of your time. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the, what's, where can they find you online? Um, if, or if this conversation or? about human nature is curious, um, superhumannature.com would be a fun place to go. Superhumannature.com. Um, there's, there's a free training there. Um, once you understand the core motive of your, of your human nature, it, it ceases to have as much power over you. Yeah. And then you can actually partner with it and, and, and get more done. Awesome, um, man. Once you partner with it, that's when you unlock what I call superhuman nature, which is, it's the most powerful principle I've found ever. And it's something nobody's talking about right now. So um, happy to share that. Awesome, man. Well, Seth, Hey, thanks for your time, brother. Um, yeah. Catch you online and uh, keep enjoying your family. Okay. Hey, bro. Peace. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Goat Rodeo podcast. Please be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Goat Rodeo podcast or on Instagram at the Goat Rodeo podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified as soon as new episodes become available. As always, we thank you for your support and we'll see you soon.